No way. My parents would kill me. They won't find out. Look, what do you have against Valerie anyway? Nothing. She drinks too much milk. Wouldn't happen to have anything to do with how good a basketball player she is, would it? Or how pretty she is. She works at it. Do you ever notice how perfect her eyeliner is? Hello and welcome. Welcome and hello. This is Wait, You Haven't Seen? It's a show where we talk about movies, and specifically a movie at least one of us has never seen before. I'm your host, Travis, a.k.a. TV's Travis. This is episode 136, and we are continuing Spooktober with 1982's The Slumber Party Massacre. And joining me to talk about it, I have the same three people we've had for the last couple of weeks. We're going all the way through October, starting with Faye. Faye, how you doing? Hi, hi. Doing all right. Uh, we also have the Dreadlord. Well, hello there. Thanks for having me again. Absolutely. Uh, you did not make an appearance in this week's movie, so there were no tentacle I don't monsters. Know. I do a little spare time uh, drilling uh, sometimes. Mm. Yeah, putting in those peepholes. <laughs> oh, okay. That was you. Gotcha. <laughs> yes, I'm a peephole installer by by. Great. <laughs> and also joining us, Monica, aka Wicked Kitten. Hiya. Hi. Hi. Uh, so How are you? I'm well. Uh, I had never seen this movie before. Show of hands. Let's go around, starting with Monica. You had seen this before, yes? Oh, a kajillion times before. Okay. Like probably and, 10. And Dread, I know you had seen it before. You've seen everything yep. uh, like this. Um, <laughs> Faye, had you seen this one before? Yes. Okay. So I was the only one what? who hadn't seen it. Um, Except the host. So, so I had never seen uh, the Slumber Party Massacre before. I'd heard about it. Um, it is, it is a movie. It is a early '80s slasher movie. Now, I found out after watching it uh, that Roger Corman produced it. So we're now uh, we now have uh, two years in a row with a Roger Corman produced slasher movie on the show, uh, and it shows. It shows. I have I have things I want to say about that later on. Um, but honestly, overall, I cannot say that this is a good movie, but I did have a decent time watching it. Like it was fun and it would definitely be the type of movie that I could see when you have a group of people around and you want to watch a cheesy horror slasher movie. Like I can see throwing this one on much like chopping mall. Um, you know, these, especially for whatever reason, that eighties era, because everything's practical effects and the effects are just bad um there's cheap i guess would be the way to put it there's really no other way to say it but uh they're fun they're that it would be a fun movie to watch with a group of people um is it does this fall on anyone's list of like favorite movies i'll start monica with you um do you yes it it actually does okay is probably in my i don't know top 10 top 20 it's just one of those like straight up classic um slasher formulaic completely like at the time that I watched it like for the first time like obviously it's obviously it's predictable but at the same time like it's sort of like this parody version of itself and it's not scream parody self-referential kind of thing but there's like it in like a comedic cheese layer to it that's just it's delicious sorry it's just so delicious how old were you when you first saw this 
I might have been either in my late teens or my 20s. I don't know. Okay. Somewhere in there. Was this just one that you saw at the video store and, and had to rent or somebody made you watch it? Or how, how did that come about? Now I'm like, now you're making me think about this. <laughs> I don't remember exactly. Um, huh. I think I might have rented it. I don't remember what years that was again. So <laughs> <laughs> well, what? I really try not to remember how old I am. So it's hard to remember what year things happened for real. Um, but I mean, was yeah, it, the... it wasn't like I was, ex it was, I was expecting it to be like, it might've been on TV too. Who knows? Cause like back then I was watching actual television, True. but it was just, oh, let's watch this one. It's like, you know, slumber party massacre, or sorority house massacre, the other whatever massacre. Like there's all these different massacre movies mm -hmm. and of them all, like this was just, it just had that, that cheese. Like it was just, it. I, la I laughed as much as I, I was never scared of this movie, but it's just funny. No, this it wasn't funny. haha. -ha, by the way, scary, scary is not a word that I would use to describe this. <laughs> creeped movie. out, yeah, creeped really... out. I was creeped out quite often in this movie, but not scared. <laughs> I mean, that neighbor was creepy. There's a part or two where I could say, yeah, sure. There's a creepy moment, but like, it's not a scary movie at all. Dread, how, when did you see this for the first time? you know, roughly, like, was it early on or was this something that you came to nope. later on? A couple of years ago. Oh, really? Because okay. I had never heard of this movie all in the 80s or 90s or 2000s. And I don't know when, a couple of years ago, I was like, huh, I feel like um, 80s or earlier slasher movies. I was like, uh, let's search for some and see what I know, what I didn't know. And this was one of them. Uh Got my hands on it. And yeah, this was the fourth time I watched it. Okay. And I had fun with it. This is just a movie like, if you're asking me what are your favorite movies, I'm not going to name this movie because I'll probably forget about it. Sure. Like, you know, you're going to think of oh, this one, this one, yeah. And this time I'll forget. And then someone will say, hey, uh, should we watch that one? I will, ooh, yeah. And every time I watch it, I just have fun with it. And this time was no exception. So what you're saying is that early 80s Roger Corman low-budget slasher movies aren't big in Belgium? Is that the is that what I'm hearing? Apparently not. <laughs> or I must have missed it. Can I add in a little bit, like, can I just point out that uh, also Chopping Mall last year was also kind of... Yeah, I've, I know. I know. That's why I brought it up. I that, think I have a taste. Uh, I think you know my taste by now. Yes. You have a type, and that type is you want you want horror movies where the producer is allergic to spending money. Um, well, they don't have to. It, like I don't need money for it to be a good movie or to have fun with it. Rather, I should say, not good movie. But you know, it's it's just it's just fun. Like nobody's taking it seriously, and and that's the that's the whole thing about the '80s slasher thing that I always loved. Just have fun. <laughs> Yeah, and Faye... Especially you, these movies where they just, like, let's just kill some people. Let's not hide the, who the killer is. Let's not come right. up with a convoluted story or reasoning or why. Let's just, here's a killer. Here's some victims. Oof. Yeah. No, that's that's pretty much what it was. Now, Faye, you said you had seen this once before? Yep. So About five, six years ago. Okay. Uh, it doesn't sound like you're the biggest fan of the movie. No. 
<laughs> no, no. It, it, I mean, with, with movies, I like logic, and there's none of that in this. They couldn't, they couldn't afford logic. <laughs> logic costs money. And again, I'm going to cite Roger Corman. No money's getting spent. That doesn't need to be spent. So logic is out there. I like a lot of his movies, though. This one just... Mm. <laughs> like yeah, I said, I though... It's, it's a taste. It's it's not a taste thing, but like, it's a... It's a... Well, it's a stylistic thing. It's a... It, you know, it like... Yeah. There's nothing wrong with a cheesy horror slasher movie at all. I don't have a problem with that. What I... Where it gets annoying for me is when it's not what I'm expecting... And so I have to temper my expectations and maybe see something again. Or it's a poorly done version of that. You mentioned how it was kind of parody-like. And I actually read that the script was originally written as a parody of teen slasher movies. And then... Yes, when, but a not funny parody version. Yes. <laughs> and then it got made more straight-laced and more earnestly. Uh, so there was a lot so the of... The director added comedy to it. Right, and so there was a lot of unintentional humor as well as intentional humor in the movie, um, which is perfect. And I can unintentional kind of, camp. I can see that there is there is a a very high level of camp in this movie. It's it doesn't have much of a plot. It's literally some high school girls are going to have a slumber party. I guess uh, they never really get around to doing any slumber party like things because yes, they do. They they show their boobs. And they made daiquiris. I don't know what you're talking about. And they smoked pot. No, no, no. Throwing throwing a bunch of strawberries and some vodka into a blender does not a daiquiri make. Okay. (laughs) Because that's all they do. They don't know. (laughs) I've been doing it wrong this whole time. Um, But the other part of it was like the killer doesn't have any reason to be at this particular house. There's no big grand story behind it. He's just... I guess an escaped killer that is all over the news, but nobody wants to listen to the news. I thought that was hilarious to me. There's at least four different times where there was a news article or like news on the radio or something. And somebody either just walks away from it or changes the channel. Like, I don't yep. want to hear about that. That's have, have, do you remember the eighties? <laughs> it's true. That's all it was. Uh, ignore it. the news. And I'm, I'm not going to say this is a record, but it might be a record for this show. We were two minutes in when we got boobs. Two minutes. I, I, I actually yep. checked the timer. I think it was sooner than two minutes. It was like, like two minutes and two seconds. It was just seconds. like what? Like a while newspaper, to wake boy, up. newspaper yeah. boy, radio, get up. I love the the ad and the thing. It's just like, oh, WKRP or whatever, blah, blah, blah. You won a t-shirt. Oh. That was the 80s. Well, shoot, <laughs> that's fucking <a great laughs> money. But that was a great line from the radio people. Like, it was just, oh. Like, she was so disappointed she got a shirt. Pretty it's much, like, yeah. Um... But like I said, I had some fun with this, although there were some weird things um, that do date it. Like uh, I liked the reverse repairman trope was kind of fun. But then I also love the complete lack of awareness of any other human being while the repair, the telephone repair woman is being brutally killed in her own van on the campus of a school. And no Mm -hmm. one notices. No one hears a thing. It's apparently soundproof. No one notices anything yeah, that, in that room. That, that van's soundproof, didn't you know? Yeah. The van also, is soundproof. Also, did you notice? And... Did you notice how he drilled her in the side of the head, and the wound ended up in the front? That's my favorite part. Well, there's <laughs> that, and then he dumped the body in the dumpster in broad daylight with the lid off in California. Like what? Like uh, that. That definitely smelled it. bad. 
Well, eventually, I guess. But there were also some things like when uh, when the one girl, Linda, I think her name was, the first one to to get killed by the killer and stalked through the, the school building. I think her name was Linda. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, um, I love her. When she goes into the gym, it, it cracked me up because I'm trying to follow it. And I'm like, okay, so she goes into the gym. The coach is leaving and says, hey, you better hurry up. They're going to lock the building up. And she's in there for another like two minutes and they already have the doors all chained up. So it's like, okay, so nobody's getting out of this building. she tries to open it anyway. Right. Yeah, <laughs> continually. Shane is fake, right? So, oh, it's not. So if I'm going to go with logic brain for a second, how did he get into the building? And then how did he get back out of the building? Like he should have just yeah, been... How did he get out is the question. He should have just been he stuck in there. Already the in. He drills all the locks. It's That's fine. true. He could have drilled the locks, you're right. Because that but thing that, could drill through anything, right? That cracked me up because I'm like, all right, so... Guess he's just going to be stuck here for the rest of the movie. Oh, no, he got out. All right, fine. Would have been a really short movie. I mean, movie. he could have broken the window, too, and, like, creeped out, but, like... Yeah, as he sprints to the van. <laughs> he's yeah. like, yeah, he's like... No one's oh. seen me do anything, Red, but I better hurry up right now, because else maybe someone... I don't have a bloody drill. There was also the incredibly gratuitous shower scene. Um, that... Incredibly gratuitous? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it really was like I've seen shower scenes, but this one was there was a moment where the camera just pans to another person and then just pans down, shows her butt mm-hmm. and then pans back up. And I was like, mm-hmm. we're not even trying at this point. Like, come on. <laughs> I don't know. You know, the, the director said she was forced or whatever by Roger Corman. So that's another thing. Like it was like female written the director was the one that picked that screenplay and kind of rewrote it, put her own, you know, thing into it. So there's a lot of like women hands on it, but because Roger Corman has the money, right, it ends well, up with a bunch of butt scenes, and that, you know, I mean, has wasn't that good of a butt? <laughs> has the money? There's there's barely any money spent on this. Um, <laughs> but very like little, yeah. the the I I get the point of the shower scene, especially because it's an it's a exploitation style slasher movie but that just felt like it was it went for way too long almost almost to the point of being like fine you want me to shoot a bunch of nudity i'll shoot the nudity and i'll do it in the most boring way possible just to like almost thumb her nose at roger corman in a way i don't know um but yeah well they also couldn't use some of the other girls too because i heard i was reading that they had put like tape on their you know on their boobs yeah so that yeah so that the kid so that the director couldn't get any shots of them that would be usable so it ended up being just the three girls who agreed to the nudity and that's just that's mostly probably why that scene went on that long right on the well also you know but i mean that could be i know i did read the where linda the actress that played linda had done nude modeling before this movie so it wasn't anything new for her um but yeah, I, now I did like how they had, uh, it was a girls basketball team. It was a different, um, a little different there. That scene went on for a little bit. That was kind of just something I didn't expect. Like I didn't expect expect it to be uh, a girls basketball team uh, moment like that. What's just, that basketball though? <laughs> I mean, I will tell you. It was as much a basketball as any, any other movie involving basketball. So I said, that. 
I said, oh, you know, and I'm just like, uh, who said that somebody, one of the guys there was watching, like, he was like, um, do these people even know how to play basketball? And I'm like, oh, it's just, you know, they're, they're it's not like they're the team or whatever. They're just playing <laughs> basketball in school. And then I was like, okay, you know, re get ready for the varsity championships. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> never mind. They yeah. just, just, no. Varsity basketball, straight into varsity baseball. Um, well. And again, some logic stuff. If Okay, actually, here's the... So it was the killer that grabbed the Barbie doll out of the trash, right? No, that's the neighbor. We're so pretty I sure about this. I think it was this. the I forgot I to think it was the neighbor. Because his arm. the killer has a denim jacket and the person who pulls the doll out has just like a hairy man arm. You know, like, just regular. Not extra hairy, but you get my point. So I'm thinking it's the neighbor, like, because he was, like, right there being all creepy. Because he is creepy, I'm sorry. Yes. And, like, you just see the arm, and then the next shot is the killer at the school. That was going to be my question, because one of my notes was, like, how do you get to school so quick? Yeah, this is my theory. Because he's clearly and... on foot. Yeah, but then that the would neighbor mean... was creepy, wasn't he? So then was it the neighbor that put the doll on the window, or did the killer grab the doll from the neighbor's house mm -hmm. after he killed him? I don't know. That's the other thing. Uh... So. This is a direct quote from Bumby, uh, Bumbats that we all know. He said, was it him or was it Rev? I can't remember. But one of them said, maybe, <laughs> maybe it was in his pants. Yeah, it was Rev. <laughs> he said, maybe he kept the doll in his pants and then the killer took it from his pants and stuck it to the wall. I have no idea. It, that's a weird, there are a lot of continuity errors in this movie, obviously, <laughs> and lots of goofs. Because like, uh, yeah, there's a lot. And and to fail yeah, your think point, it's the neighbor. I had a little quick look see. Okay. Oh, it was uh, Faye, to your point about internal logic too. There's some weird things like um, the one girl's on the phone with her friend and then says, "I think there's somebody in my house." Hangs up the phone, goes and looks at the open door, and then just goes and decides to start playing the piano. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just you know, as you do. I mean, my biggest thing was logic is you knocked the guy out. Continue beating the idiot to death. <laughs> yeah, or stab him because you have knives. Yeah, what are you doing? Don't just put the bat down and then try running away. Finish the job. <laughs> I, I mean, there I are give... plenty of movies where people run away, but that was just one of those they couldn't move the bookcase fast enough again, like when they were able to do it before. So just, and don't leave the knife next to the killer. That's another... Yeah, I leaving the knife next to him I get. The the not continuing to beat the hell out of somebody after you've knocked them down, I can give that a pass in a lot of movies because honestly, a lot of people uh don't know how to react in a traumatic situation like that. They really don't. So I that I, doesn't bother me as much. Uh as I just watched you kill people. one of my best friends. I'm going to finish you off. <laughs> yes, but you're not uh, an 18-year-old California girl who has probably <laughs> never held a knife, let alone, uh, you know, dealt with somebody who just... And, and you didn't just see your friend get killed. So mm. that I can let, let alone. Now dropping the knife next to the guy, that's stupid. And you shouldn't do that. Yeah. Hang on to that. But, yeah. <laughs> so I'm fine pick with Pick up that. the drill, pick up the knife. Like, even if you can't get the... Because the bookcase thing was just like, you guys just pushed it yourselves. I don't understand why... Now right. it's difficult to move. Yeah, all of a sudden you can't move on that floor. The drill, by the way, is the drill battery powered? How was he powering that? <laughs> it, it has to so. be. It has to be, right? I, and the, they they kind of showed it with the the uh, the normal saw, the the 
<laughs> well, that's just it. Yeah. Cable. When she picks up the circular saw and starts running, I'm like, okay, so apparently everything's just wireless in this. And then I see the wires start to move. Yep. I was like, oh, but that was all right. That was so. epic. Okay. That was beautiful. And, that was awesome. and managed to not uh, not cut herself either when she fell backwards yeah. with a spinning saw. It was a total um, whoop, 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 fall backwards. Too. Oh, like, absolutely. It was comedy. Was. Come on. Like it was, it was it, so comedy. That was so brilliant. Um, now, the, the drill, like, I get why they use the drill. It's an interesting look. But I had so much oh. trouble with them. Like, how in the hell is that thing working constantly? Is he just carrying a generator around with him? Or, hey, do you, hold on, real I quick. I think it was gas powered. Be- before I start. Like a mower? No. I never saw a pull Maybe start. Maybe there's D batteries in there. Just carries around D batteries in a pocket. In his tight tight like, jeans. <laughs> it takes like eight D cell batteries. I don't know. Um I did like the ending where uh the the reshot ending apparently, which I read mm-hmm. afterwards, um, where she uses the knife to knock the drill bit in half, uh thus um emasculating him. Yeah. Uh which I was yeah. like Okay, yeah, that doesn't happen, but it looks cool. So I'm gonna you get cool points it's for that. It's a machete. Um, one heck of a sharp one, and made out of diamond. <laughs> was it? Hey. Uh, I think it was the. Um, I love that moment when the coach, somebody hit him with a fire poker, and one of the shots you could see it was rubber. <laughs> yep, like the the fire poker hits him and kind of wobbles. Um, I did okay. I will say this though: when he first started moving the pizza boy's body out of the living room. I'm like, why is he dumping the pizza boy Mm -hmm. down in the basement? It didn't make any sense to me. And then he grabs the blanket and I was like, oh, okay, that's genuinely clever. Like, that's a genuinely (laughs) clever thing to do. So that that creepy face. Yeah, he had that (laughs) fucking face. My God. That dude. I also liked the killer not speaking through most of the movie, although then he Mm -hmm. talked too much at the end and I could have done without that. So sort of one or the other. Um, like it would have been great if his only line had been what he said through the door when the pizza guy delivered and they go, well, what's the damage? Six so far. That was, I liked that mm-hmm. too. That was, that made me chuckle. Um, I liked how the girls were constantly trying to find out about the Los Angeles Dodgers game and how they scored six runs. Like, that was a fun little running gag. I had fun with this movie overall, honestly. Also, the the corpse in the fridge. That scene is also really classic. It was open, it's a classic. Closed. Open, yeah, open, closed. closed. <laughs> Third time's a charm. It's that, like that. That is the scene you. Re- those are the scenes that you remember. Like it's just, it's it's such a it's just like a formulaic cheesy like bad slasher movie. But these little gem parts in it. That's oh, yeah. what I always loved about it. You know, like. It's just like that and the drill and the, like, you know, like when she hits it and it's just like, bunk, bunk, and it like plunks into the water and it's just like, he's just like, you know, like he could see him like castrated, emasculated, whatever. And um, just stuff like that. Also the, um, I forget her name, the one who was in like the sexy nightgown, but never showed her boobs actually. My favorite. Yeah, my favorite too. But she, she's just like, the one chick's just like, oh, the pizza guy's dead, and he's cold. And she's like, is the pizza? And she just starts eating it, like, on top of his body. That is another classic scene. Like, that is just... That's a good gag. The the, the refrigerator thing is a great gag uh, that's played perfectly, honestly. Like, it's it's framed up well. 
And it's a perfectly done gag because the one, the, the younger sister is like, well, I want to raid the fridge, but she's still paying attention to her older sister. So there's a reason for her not to look right away. Um, like, I like that. I like that as a gag. I thought that was funny. You're right. It's a very by the numbers slasher movie. There's mm-hmm. nothing unique about this. Except Interesting. Interestingly, <laughs> so this movie was made for about $250,000 in 1982. I believe it. Halloween. In 1982, was, that was more, right? Well, it was definitely more money than it is now. But this was a $250,000 movie made in 1982 in, in California. Halloween was four years earlier in 1978, also shot in California, but was made for $350,000. So the quality difference you get for that $100,000, what it, what it shows you is that you don't have to spend a lot of money to make a good movie if the person making the movie is, has, a, has a really good idea of what they want to do from the outset and the producers try not to get in their way. Because it's just interesting to me to, to see these two movies that are essentially the same budget, like pretty damn close. $100,000 is not that big a difference in shooting a movie. And the, the difference in Halloween has genuinely got some, some eeriness, the way they use the music. That was the biggest, I think one of the biggest differences is music in Halloween is iconic, memorable, creepy, scary. This music was all recorded on a Casio. And it should. You noticed. I oh, definitely. It. Alone. I, I, I'm not saying it's a great score. I would never call this like a great score, but I, I love it. It fits the movie so well. It's like the whole yeah. cheesy camp thing. Sure. You know? <laughs> well, and that's the difference is this is a campy version of what Halloween was trying to do. You know, John Carpenter gets basically, from what I read, Carpenter didn't want to get into horror necessarily, but it was he figured it was a good way to, to get another movie credit under his belt. But he did such a good job with it. And then you got Corman who's like, I'm just going to put movies out and they're going to make me money, which this did. It made him money. So there's nothing wrong with that. But it's just I mean, the yeah. difference in like philosophy of making a movie when you're making Halloween versus The Slumber Party Massacre. Because the actual plot of the two movies isn't that dissimilar. Right, they're they're almost the same plot. It's just a random dude stalking random young girls on a night, but one happens a, to be centered around Halloween and wearing a mask, and the other one is just a dude in a denim tuxedo carrying a drill. Yeah, and Halloween's a more fleshed out story in general. It's just it's got Don't more to it than just the one slopey go to the house and kill everybody. Like Halloween's got more story. There is more story. There was more, but also, you know, Halloween was only shot in 20 days and this was shot in about three weeks as well, three or four weeks. So it wasn't like there was a huge difference in terms of the way they produced movies. It was just, it feels like Halloween feels like it took more care to make a horror movie. Whereas this wanted to be campy. There's nothing wrong with that. It just shows you how you can take the same premise and roughly the same budget and get two wildly different movies out of that. Well, that comes to one wanted money, the other wanted lo- had love of the film. Well, and I mean, Halloween also made a ton of money. It made $47 yes. million dollars at the box office. When, so. you, when you put a lot of love into something and do it right, you usually end up with a lot of money from it. And, that and the lady that, like, the lady who wrote the original story, like, she was a good writer, and mm-hmm. the director was another lady, and, you know, like, they... You know, I don't 
I think that they did put a lot of work into it, but the fact that Corman did have his hands in there is just like it changes. I like I have no idea exactly what a producer does. Because well, like he obviously had control over a lot of stuff, but like what did he actually like, you know, aside from like asking for extra boobies and saying you couldn't have a generator on set, which was just real nice. Um Yeah, that was one like, that kind of was was weird for me when I read about that, that he wouldn't let them buy or rent a generator. So they had to have electricians climbing the poles and tapping into public power so they'd have lights mm -hmm. for their for their stuff. Um, but again, that's Corman just not wanting to ever spend exactly. money on anything. I, I mean, the producers, he's writing the checks. He's he's giving the the say-so on that kind of stuff. The director is is there for the artistic vision. But the producer is like the the money man and the one behind the scenes making sure everything happens. So, yeah, there is a difference there. And I was, I'll, I'll be honest, I didn't expect that this was written by uh, a woman or directed. And that's not to say that they, that couldn't be it was just given the time that this came out and the type of movie it was being a 80s slasher movie that didn't occur to me and then i wa and then i read that and i'm like okay all right first of all great i wish that the director had had more of a career afterwards um because she wasn't yeah. bad there was nothing bad about the direction in this it's cheap and there's a difference between poorly done and quickly and cheaply done she did what she was asked to do and did a fine job with that. I didn't. I didn't think that the acting was particularly great, but it also I've seen worse. I've seen a lot worse. So and there's that. She, which call it, um, the um. Oh my god! Why Writer. did the thought just fly out of my head? But uh, crap! I lost it. All right, maybe I'll remember in a minute. I'll well, make probably the. Not. <clears throat> Probably not, but that's okay. Um, no, uh, director was um, uh, Amy Holden Jones, who, you know, she did go on to direct a few movies, but it was mostly, um, she only actually directed like four more or three more yeah. movies. Um, yeah, and she apparently, did like made to order and... Yeah, and, and apparently she said that uh, her other three movies, she had uh, problematic actors, whereas this apparently didn't have that. It was more problematic producer, but hey, whatever. Um, yeah. I mean, like you can think about stuff. that being a female director and, you know, having to deal with, you know, different things like that. There's, you know, you work with a, the whole cat, almost the whole cast was women, except for like the couple of creepy men. <laughs> that was probably a lot easier to work with than, you know, maybe some other people who don't respect, you know, ladies. Mm -hmm. She did go on to write um, Beethoven and all of its the sequels, dog? the dog movie. That was her. Um she wrote the screenplay for Indecent Proposal. Uh, she wrote the screenplay for The Relic. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Um, most of most of it hey, is uh, like the Beethoven relic. stuff. Um, fight, fight, fight. Uh, th there's there's better better monster movies than The Relic. All right, sorry. Um, Rita Mae Brown didn't do a whole lot of screenwriting, but I did notice or I did read uh, some trivia that a couple of her novels were were used in set dressing which I thought was a nice yeah. touch. So, yeah, you know, she, she, and she was like a feminist writer. Like it's so, I was, this is one of the, th oh, that's what it was. I'm sorry. I found it. I was just going to say real quickly. One of the things that interested me about this movie is I watched it and it was like slasher and it was funny or whatever. But when I started researching it for, I don't remember why, 
but saw that it was, you know, directed by a woman, written by this feminist writer, and I, you know, look back, and she had, like, this revolutionary, like, book in the 70s, I think it was, about, like, mm-hmm. like a lesbian relationship or something. So it was, like, very, like, I started to see the different, it's funny how, like, knowledge will influence how you feel about something, too. Yeah. So that was another thing of that influenced how much I liked the movie, probably, as a younger woman. Sure. Just, I can see that. Yeah. I can see that completely. Um, I did find it interesting that most of the deaths happen either off screen or if it's an on screen killing, it's usually the guys that were the ones getting stabbed on screen or the drill through the shoulder on screen. Yep. Um, that kind of stuff. I liked that. Um, I do have a question though. When, when the killer brings, uh, I can't remember which person it is to the trunk of the car. Because, you know, conveniently now he has a trunk to throw people in. First of all, it's a good thing this was made in 1982 and that killer had a car with a trunk that big. Because today he would not be able to fit one of those bodies in the trunk, let alone, what it was, five of them. But he's counting the bodies and that's when he realizes that one of them is missing. So did he put the guy that he ran the drill through his shoulder? Did he put him in the trunk and that guy got out of the trunk and then crawled all the way to the door? Because if so, I'm sorry, no, he's not getting out of that trunk. They didn't have a quick release for those. There's no way. There's no way he got he out of that trunk. He was just on the ground, and he crawled out. I, I just figured he was. Uh, <laughs> he, he got that car and the, the dealership set. Well, it's not his car, but whatever. The dealership says, this is a five-body trunk, and he was like, one, two, three, four. Hmm. There's no room for this fifth one. Damn it. Also, did he did he put the giant redheaded dude in the trunk, or did he leave him in the front seat? Can we give a shout out for that dude for creepiest face of the movie? Because <laughs> when she goes back inside to say we're going to his place, he's like, "Yeah, yeah." That was he's like, that was "I love his, her. I'm going to have sex with her now." Yeah, that was his. I'm getting lucky face, and you know, I don't know if that's the creepiest face or not because there's a lot of contenders for that in this movie. To me, that was the, the neighbor and the killer. <laughs> oh, I remembered. Uh, I also, I noticed. Here's another question: mm-hmm. When the girl's getting killed in the beginning of the movie, and she's by the door, and her blood's like spilling through the doorway, uh, how did it make it over that little ridge that's you know in doorways? Because it literally yeah. had to like pour over and slide in. It was also too watery. It was also too much but blood for her to still be conscious. Which, which is a thing we learned from this movie. Because apparently drilling people does not cause any blood at all. Unless you're near a door. But then, <laughs> then there's a lot of blood and the blood has to run under the door. Mm-hmm. That's how it goes. That's physics, apparently. Yes. Yeah. Uh, now, Ace is brought up in the chat, and I do want to touch on this. Um a, the director was uh, kind of raked over the coals by some people. Um, uh, Amy Holden Jones was uh, quoted as saying, I was pilloried at the time for doing this. Uh, but now if you go and you do turistas, you're an artiste. Um, and it is kind of unfair for for some of the comments that I did read in, in researching on this movie that she was you know, called a traitor to women and all that for doing an exploitation movie like this. It's like anything else. People got to eat. They got to work. And she was offered to do this. And the producer said, you do this movie. I need this in it. And she was like, all right, I'll do that. And if it was a male director, nobody would have batted an eye. 
So that's unfair to her because she was just doing what she was contracted to do. And she's not, and she's not a traitor. Once again, like if a guy did this and nobody would, would even say anything, but also she did pick the story. She Mm -hmm. did like work with the script. So like she knew what she was doing Yeah. and I, I like the movie. It's not exploited. I understand that the exploitative nature of the movie is not trying to like degrade women. Once again, you mentioned that none of the, almost none of the women are killed on screen and it's all the men that are killed on screen. All the men who are crazy and creepy and weird or, you know, are trying to scare the girls and watch them change. Like, just a bunch of creepy men. I also liked how the two of them that were sitting outside the window watching them change, which it's a slumber party and they just decide to change in the living room and ground floor with all the lights on and the windows open. Mm -hmm. All right, fine. You know, you you girls do you. But the two guys are standing there watching them and then she comes over to dump the ashtray out and they're, oh, got to get out of the way. There's no way she didn't see them because they were there until the arm came out the window. Like the arm was halfway out the window before they moved. Um, and there's no way they didn't hear them talking. Either. Exactly. So it's like stuff like that. It's like, all right, park your brain at the door. I know it's just a dumb movie. No, no one hears a thing in this movie. Okay. No oh, one no. hears a thing. You can hunk the car in the garage, which people apparently did hear across the street. Or something. Nobody heard in the inside house. Inside the house. Yeah. The younger sister across the street inside her house heard the horn honk, but nobody in the house next to the garage heard a thing. So, you know. It was great. That was, that was something else. Now this movie has sequels because it did make enough money. And again, it's Roger Corman. And if he can make money, he will do that. Uh, so this movie has sequels. I only read the synopsis for the second one. Um, I know there's at least two sequels cause I did see a, a slumber party massacre three. Um, the synopsis for the second one, apparently, uh, some of you have seen this. It's the younger sister is off on a trip with some friends to a cabin somewhere where they get they they get stalked by a rockabilly mm-hmm. ghost with a drill. Mm-hmm. Why a guitar drill? A, a drill guitar, yes. Why it's rock, important? Why a rockabilly guitar drill? Like why rockabilly he's at cool. all? What is that? He's cool. That, that, but it has nothing to do with what this mm-hmm. movie did. Which I mean, no. you know, granted. This kind of mm-hmm. a blank slate to work with if you're making a sequel off of this. But mm-hmm. the hell, like what the and hell is that? Happened. Dance and singing numbers throughout yes, the movie. He's, oh. he's enjoying the crap out of his acting. His his one movie in oh. the shine oh, he's, no. oh, he's brilliant. All right, let me well, let me put performance it. I've ever seen in a movie. Let me yeah. put it to you this way: I loathe to watch this movie. The second one, I love it. He loves it. I loathe to watch it. So if you go to watch it, you know, heaven, heaven help you. Well, um, listen, I, the I mean, third one, I don't take the dreads. third one opinion. is worse than the second third one. one is crap. How? No, it could be worse. The, the second one makes the first one look like Halloween. The third one makes the second one look like Halloween. <laughs> Sweet, fancy Moses. I don't know if I can handle that. Like, I'm not sure my brain could do you will. it. And also, as Ace pointed out, there's a remake that just uh, got out like yesterday on Sci Fi Mm -hmm. Channel, which I'm going to watch pretty soon. Oh, hey, look at that. The trailer did look interesting. I mean, okay. Someone said, let's remake this movie. (laughs) You just watched it for the first time. You're like, ah. I mean, I get it. It's got name recognition. I had heard of it before. 
And really nowadays, that's all it takes to get a movie made is if it's got a recognizable name and you can make some some amount of money off of it. And horror movies traditionally are cheap to make anyway because you can you don't spend much on your acting um, because you're getting you're getting all sorts of young, no named actors, right? So you're not spending anything on that. You're spending a little bit on your effects budget, maybe not this movie, but but some do. <laughs> um, and in the case of this movie, they they used an existing high school gym and somebody's house, and that was all the sets they needed. So, you know, it is what it is. Um, I mean, I didn't like. I say I had fun watching this. I, I could definitely see this as being something again fun to watch with a group of friends, having a party. Yes. Throw this on as something that you can, you know, half the people will be paying attention to, the other half of the people will be having their own conversations. Everybody's making fun of the movie. It's a it's a fun party movie because it's just cheese ball and it's, it's short. It's only an hour and fifteen minutes. Yeah, yeah. So it's like over quickly. Uh, yep. It is uh, blissfully minutes. short, so there's that as well. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, it, 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 I didn't hate it. I didn't hate this movie. I will say that. I didn't love it. There are, better, there are better slasher movies to watch. Uh, certainly, if you want a slasher Without movie... Without a doubt. If you want a slasher movie that's actually going to have some elements of horror to it, there are far better examples, but for just a fun, silly, cheesy movie... Check it out. It's it's streaming on Shutter right now. It's inoffensive and and uh, in in so much as like there are worse movies out there. But also, like you mentioned, it's an hour and fifteen minutes long, so it's not that bad. There are Netflix original series that are longer than that. So can we you know, discuss the best scene of the movie? What was your favorite scene in this movie? What do you think is the best scene? Snail hunting. <laughs> how many people in this I'm movie? Like... How many? How many people in this movie snuck up on people behind them in the dark <laughs> without saying a word? In the in the case of that guy, that I think my note was actually, "Yep, that's how you do that. You walk around at night with a knife raised over your head behind people." Mm-hmm. So that they can't see you, and you announce your presence by slamming that knife into something yeah. in front of them, like. Mm-hmm. And she that, didn't even flinch. She's like, "Yep, I know you're snail hunting. Yeah, my dad does it too." Because yeah. right, it was that moment. the The little <laughs> sister did it to Valerie like three different times, where she it tried <laughs> to scare her. I did like their relationship because it did feel like a sister, mm-hmm. two sisters. Oh, yeah. I'm it's, sorry, it's siblings. Yeah. My favorite part is the little sister with the plague girl. <laughs> like, yep, that was so random. And they had that relationship where they shared Playgirl, and I'm like, what is this movie? Like, what is this? This is not this. It just wasn't your typical like, oh, look, I'm gonna have sex. Like, nobody had nobody had sex in this movie, right? Uh, they were going no, to. No, they got killed before. Yeah, exactly. No. There was none of that. All the girls were just girls, you know, and they just. They did their thing, and they still got killed. But that's By the fine. way, not only was it Playgirl, but it was Playgirl with Sly Stallone on the cover. So mm-hmm. you know that that centerfold that she told her not to tear out of there was just nothing but Stallone wangdoodle. Oh, my God. I don't want to think about that. Well, you are now. <laughs> Talk about Expendables. <laughs> Ooh. Extendables, more like it. Uh-huh. Just I'll don't allow it. the centerfold. 
No, I, I enjoyed that part. Like I enjoyed that, that aspect of things where it was, it felt like a real, um, uh, relationship between people, you know, I, I like that. Um, no, it's, it's silly. It's dumb, but it also had like, I'm going to remember this killer partly because of the ridiculous drill that he used that was magical, but also his one scene where he spoke was just like, what? And I did take, I love you. uh, there was a, a bit of trivia where it said that, uh, he read the book Helter Skelter in order to research for the role. Mm-hmm. And my comment was that was, uh, no, no, he didn't. He didn't research anything for this role. Because I, I refused to. He also to learned that. how to walk like a peacock. <laughs> that was another weird one. Uh, I didn't yeah, quite I'm like, catch okay, that. Whatever. Like, All right, sure. Um, no, I. Uh, you know what? Go it ahead. Takes a lot of love. <laughs> it does do take this. a lot of love. I did get a couple clips. I'm going to play them because they they are pretty silly. Uh, you like it? So. You know it. As as we're talking about him, there was. I love you. Um. He also announced how many hit halfway through the movie what his body count was. Six so far. So. That didn't even sound like him. I know. It doesn't sound like the same voice. <laughs> it probably wasn't, honestly. It was probably like a grip. They're like, hey, hey, just record this real quick. Um, Takes a lot of love for a person to do this. Yeah, sure. A lot of love there, bud. <laughs> a lot of love. Uh, and then, yeah, the creepiest one was. You know you want it. That was creepy. He, Love he, it. He nailed the Love, creep that's factor. Um, I thought this one was just a, a weird exchange between mom and daughter, so I had to capture it. Mom, I'm 18 years old, remember? Like, remember I'm 18. Don't you remember when I was born 18 years ago? Yeah, I'm 18 because I'm throwing all these toys away. Don't you see? Exactly. Yep. She was throwing away all her toys. I still also, say that to my mom. They had to, they had to point out that she was 18 so you don't feel as creepy about the fact that we just saw a topless scene with her. Maybe. Maybe. Who knows? Um, I also liked the uh, this one. You must have blown a fuse. Yeah, you blew a fuse doing what? Sitting in the living room? <laughs> that cracked me up. It, remember, it's the 80s. They don't know how electricity works. Uh, that's right. It's magic at that point, still. Um, and then... I think someone's here. I gotta go. So I'm gonna go play the piano now. Just gonna go, gonna go play no, piano. No, no. After, after I find the door open to right. confirm that someone's probably in the house, I'm just gonna play. That also, way the killer knows where I am. Yeah. Also, what yeah. was the creepy neighbor coming into the house, but then going upstairs, not going to where he could clearly hear her on the phone with someone? He was a creeper. Yes. That's not where he her was... underwear is. I told. Yeah. Exactly. That's what that was my point because he grabbed the doll in the beginning and then he was like he scared her and then he was like touching her when he scared her. He's upstairs probably, you know, grabbing her underwear, smelling it, whatever he's doing, I don't care. But like he was creepy. He was always around. She was like fine about it because like she kind of like played it off cuz what do you do? It's a neighbor, right? But like there's one point when they're just like go next door, Mr. Mr. Constance over there. She's like if there's one thing I do know, He's home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She was used to his weirdness, for sure. Yeah. Um, I also captured a couple from the the younger sister during her phone call with her friend, just because it cracked me up. Uh, 
You know what I told you today in school, what Val told me about, you know, the French kissing with the tongue and everything like that? Yep, and then... He started kissing me, and he stuck his tongue in my mouth. Ugh, ugh. So, so how did that make you feel? I thought I was going to throw up or something. No, I didn't throw up. I just... <laughs> I thought I was going to throw up. No, I didn't throw up, but I thought I was going to. That whole conversation it's, was pretty funny. It's it's how preteens talked back then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For also, sure. how preteens kissed, you know, in their in the youthful years of thinking that you are literally shoving your tongue down someone's throat. Yeah, that's that's also true. Uh, and then one more clip, and I got this one just because, honest, like this is a reference that might go over some people's heads today, but would have been timely at the time. As the famous Jim Jones once said, shut up and drink your Kool-Aid. It's a, it's a good one. Just shut up and drink your Kool-Aid. Also, does anyone remember when the Kool-Aid came in larger packets like that and you still had to add the sugar to it? Yep. Because I vaguely remember. We're old. I know. I didn't drink Kool-Aid, really. And oh. she added a little too much sugar. <laughs> well, I mean, the stuff called for a cup of sugar. So yeah. it, really, she didn't that add like enough. That was like two cups. <laughs> nah, she didn't, she didn't pour enough sugar in there. Did she just like pour, like she free poured it too, right? Yeah. I didn't see her measure nothing. Oh, no, not at all. Oh, no, yeah. She was no, just like, yeah, that much sugar. That'll work. <laughs> so yeah, I just, I, I appreciated the Jim Jones Kool-Aid reference. That was nice. Eh, Flavor-Aid, whatever. It's the same thing. Drink the Kool-Aid. Don't drink the Kool-Aid. No, don't drink the Kool-Aid. Um, yeah, yeah. Look, if you have the time, if you're going to watch a, a cheesy uh, slasher movie for Halloween season, you could do worse than this one. Just know going into it what you're getting, which is it is not scary at all. There is no, there, there aren't really even moments of tension in this. The closest you get is the reshot ending. And I never felt tense when watching it. I was just like, well, I kind of know what's going to happen here. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's you what it was. You feel uncomfortable at all? Not really, no. Part of it might be that I watched Halloween last night, so that could have ruined me for this. It's hard to say, um, just no. because that movie is so well-structured and the tension is so well done in that. But some I'm of it, too, is the, the way the music goes. But. Terrible. Go ahead. Yes, go ahead. Please, thank you. I've also watched Halloween with you. Mm-hmm. And then I watched this one today. Uh-huh. And I had more fun watching this one. Okay. You had more fun watching this one. Yep. That's fine. That that just means you had more fun watching this. It, enjoy your movies. Mm-hmm. You can enjoy your movies. That's fine. You can have more fun watching a cheeseball movie with some friends. But I think even you'll acknowledge that it's not as good of a film as Halloween. You're being you're being awfully quiet right now, and I don't like that. <laughs> It's a different kind of movie, but as I said, a main part about movies is having fun watching them. Sure. And I had more fun with this movie, even at the fourth time I've watched it, than I did with Halloween. And there's nothing wrong with that. There isn't anything wrong with that. When I watch something like a Halloween, I am watching it for the experience of... of the tension building and the, the thriller nature of it. And so 
that's what I'm getting out of that, which is a different experience from watching a movie to just have a good time. So there's, there's, there's certainly nothing wrong with that. And it, look, if you like campy movies, go for it. Enjoy it. And you're definitely going to get that with this. You're definitely going to get the camp factor with something like this. It just it, it, it is very interesting to me how two movies can come out so close to each other with such a similar plot and be so vastly different. So. But there's plenty of there's plenty of like slasher movies that are so tried to be Halloween and failed and stuff too. Oh, absolutely. There's, oh my god. The eighties are full of them. Mm-hmm. And my favorite this thing movie. is hearing it's hearing all of your opinions about all of these <laughs> movies. It's just like there's nothing more that I love than hearing what you guys think. This movie gave us some movies. life lessons though. If you hear screaming, car honking, whatever. And then Just it gets it. silent. <laughs> it means it's all fine, probably. Yeah. Everything's fine. That's how that works. If you go somewhere and no one answers the door and the door and the doorstep are covered in blood, That's but fine. you hear nothing, it's probably fine. It's, 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 nothing to worry about. It's just blood on the door behind us. It's fine. We're fine. Yep. No, we're good. We're good. It's just yeah, pooled blood on the guy, Yeah. You, you know that the guy that got the drill in his arm left blood on that person's door and there was none there when they came out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. By the pool, there was blood all over that door from the guy that crawled, but the two girls didn't see it somehow, magically. Yeah, well, also, if you crawl that far uh, and you can't make a noise or yell to get someone's attention, but you can scream and yell when someone stabs you after that. Definitely. You can make all sorts of noise at that point, but you can't say, like, hey, I had a drill through my shoulder and I'm outside. No, all you can do there is just kind of squeak. Because that's really what he did there, was he just kind of gave a little squeak. And I thought, well, maybe like yep. he had a punctured lung. Nope, nope. Um, He's fine. And, and also don't drink the Kool-Aid. Mm-hmm. Just don't. Um, yeah, that's that's our slasher movie for this year. Uh, and like it's cheesy, it's silly, but I had fun. I definitely, I think I would have... I can de- I can absolutely see how I would have had a much better enjoyable time if I had watched it with a bunch of friends instead of just watching it by myself. Um, but yeah. at the same time, you get like, to make fun of it. right? I was making fun of it myself anyway. Um, so <laughs> you know, it's just what I do. Um, but yeah, now next week is an actual uh, meant to be comedy. Um, we're doing horror comedy week, and it is going to be wait. Uh, uh, not wait you haven't seen that's the name of this show uh, it's going to be that's What We Do in the comedy. Shadows <laughs> uh, we're going to watch What We Do in the Shadows next week the four of us are going to come back to talk about that um, uh, I've never I've never seen this one before um, and me either I'm, I'm kind of wait, sad that no I haven't seen, seen this? it I've seen this what are you talking oh, about okay. of course I've seen it it's a tree that haven't seen it crazy um, do and, I get to start it? <laughs> and the 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 thing with it is, is like I love Taika Waititi, and I've I've seen a couple of episodes of the series, and I really like that. So I don't know why I never saw this. I think it just hit theaters at a time that um, was bad for me, and so it sort of slipped under my radar. But uh, I'm looking forward to to watching this and talking about it with everybody next week. So that's next week's uh, is what we do in the shadows. Followed up on Halloween night, we're going to be talking about. Rocky Horror Picture Show. And I'm looking forward to that one too because we're all going to do the time warp. Um, so yeah, that's what's coming up over the next couple of weeks. 
Uh, Monica, where can people find you and what you're working on? Well, let's see. Um, well, on the regular, I guess I would say that you can follow me on Twitch at uh, twitch.tv slash wickedkitten13 or on Twitter at wickedkitten13. Um, I do a Here's the Storm podcast called Cute for Fun, so you can check that out where you download podcasts. Mm -hmm. uh, on the other side of that, I have been fervently... Is that a word? Fervently? Did I say that right? Good I have enough. been fervently working with my new co-host on a brand new show show <laughs> yeah a brand new horror podcast mm. called gore which yeah so yeah we've been working on it and um meet my three co-hosts hi hello oh hello so no, yes no surprise uh and the the first episode is available now yes the first episode is available at anchor.fm slash gore podcast. And as it starts to upload to different thingity things, um, you can find out by following us at gore podcast on Twitter. Uh, it's also on Spotify because anchor and Spotify are mm -hmm. together now. They're dating or married or something. Something like that. Yeah. Gore. Yeah, so check it out. Gore podcast. Like and it's. And you think we're cool. Yeah, if you like our banter, uh, it's it's a show Monica put together, and she invited the three of us to be co-hosts. We talk about horror movies. Uh, what was uh, our first episode? Was which one again? Malignant. Malignant. That's right. Yeah. We, so we, we speak about the, the newest movie, Malignant. So if you haven't seen it, check it out first, and then check out the show and how we feel, and kind of an introduction to ourselves. Even though I guess most of you who are here know us by now. By now, the people or listening to the show. They? Mm. Or do they? Or do they? That's a good oh. point. So, <laughs> at Gore Podcast on Twitter and anchor.fm slash Gore Podcast to find that. And it's it's slowly working itself into all the different podcasting indexes. Uh, Google, yes. Apple, and whatnot. It just, those, that sometimes takes a little bit of time. I get it. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah. So, that's where the four of us can be heard talking about horror movies outside of the month of October on this show. So check that out. That uh, it's fun. Um, I I have a good time with that. Uh, so yeah, next week is what we do in the shadows. I can't wait for that. If you enjoy listening to this show and you want to check it out live and be like Danny Aura or uh, Ace um, Rev Fries in there tonight uh, in our chat room, you can come twitch.tv slash TV's Travis uh, Sunday nights eight p.m. Eastern time. I am on Twitter at TV's Travis, and I love to talk to anybody about movies or entertainment or just about anything, really. Um, you can find me twi uh, Twitter uh, as at TV's Travis. Uh, Dread, what what about you? Where can people find your stuff? Well, they can also follow me on Twitter at the Dreadlord, uh, and on Twitch if you want to watch me play some games every day, mostly every day. On twitch.tv slash the underscore dreadlord. Yeah, those those games where you definitely don't die at all, ever. No, I never no, die. He never I'm dies. the best gamer in the universe. <laughs> we need to emphasize that it's DA underscore dreadlord. Yeah. People get that. I don't know if they... Yes. If they're yeah, like, is it DA? Is your name? Duh dreadlord. DA underscore dreadlord. They're like D-U-H. <laughs> uh, I, I can register that too. <laughs> that one would work. Well, now you have to. 
And Faye, how about you? Where can people find you online? Uh, online, I mean, I'm always around Twitch. I don't really stream anymore, but I'm in a lot of different channels, including Travis's and Dreadlords um, and Monica's occasionally. Um, other than that, I mean, I do have a Twitch or a Twitter account, but it's very rarely used. But it is Chibi Phelan, so at C H I B I F A E L I N. Um, if you want to send a follow, but it's rarely used, so I apologize. But uh, and then, of course, in these podcasts, yep. the new one Yay. with Gore with Monica and uh, Travis. All righty. Well, everybody, thank you. Uh, thank you for forcing me to watch the Slumber Party Massacre. Um, I didn't. I didn't hate it, and I don't hate you for making me watch it. So you know, that's a good thing, right? It's positive. We, we did. We did. Yeah, well. we haven't made you watch the sequel yet. <laughs> We yeah, will. well, oh, we you know what? It'll be a cold day in hell mm-hmm. when that happens, it sounds hey, like. I've, I've watched movies for you. I'm sure it's cold in hell. That. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're right. It probably is. <laughs> um, so next week is what we do in the shadows. And remember, just like we were telling Dredd earlier, go ahead, enjoy your movies, and um, be excellent to each other. This has been Wait, you haven't seen. Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>